This is the Intentional Disruption Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Demo. Today, well, at least this episode, is going to go out on Labor Day. And a lot of podcasts will not put out on holidays because it hurts engagement. You get put down below the feed, but I feel compelled to do so. And the reason I feel compelled to do so is it's a part of my self-discipline to make sure that I'm providing value and getting that out to you when I say I will. Since I've relaunched the podcast, there's been times I didn't want to record and I still found a way to get her done because I'd made a commitment. So that's one of the reasons that we're going to be having a conversation today. And I'd had a couple topics that I wanted to talk about. See, I've had some things on my mind as far as veterans in the workforce and where we fit inside of the plan for corporate America. See, the company where I hold my financial licenses has a bit of an agenda. And when I say a bit of an agenda, um, there's an open communication policy and a non-retaliatory policy, as long as whatever it is that you have to discuss fits the company narrative. And in this case, the company narrative is based on some things that aren't a majority opinion held in America. It's a lot of the work of Ibram Kendi and not a lot of the work of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Between those two authors, I have a very distinct view on which one is correct and It's been on my mind for a while as we celebrate Labor Day. What is the role of the employer? Is it the role of the employer to indoctrinate? I'd argue no. I'd argue it's not up to them to identify and push how you should be taught. I'll give an example. One of the courses straight out of the Marxist playbook is racism and how to be an anti-racist. There is no such thing as anti-racist. But Mike, racism is bad. You should be against racism. I absolutely am. But the anti of something doesn't mean that you're against it necessarily. And in this case, if the methodologies are to shift 
call it favor or whatever it is, to one party over another, you're essentially creating that same scenario. And it's something that I've been curious about for many, many years, which is how do we in corporate life empower people to make the choices that are necessary for them to be successful? And how do we go about making quote-unquote change when somebody's an adult? And I say that because the formative years and the mindset that needs to be created, that starts way, way before somebody gets to the workplace. Nowhere in the trainings that I've seen um, over the last two years with this particular firm do we talk about individual agency do we talk about methods of empowerment that don't create a sense that the person themselves can't do it for themselves so we have to artificially make sure they can you know it's an interesting thing to see a quota system and why do I say that not everybody wants to do the same job and one of the fallacies inside of current society models, at least inside of the Acela Corridor, California, places like that, is you need to have equal representation. It's not true. By forcing equal representation, it's very likely that you are disenfranchising or artificially empowering And it doesn't seem to happen anywhere outside of corporate America. I don't see it on the highway paving crew. I don't see it on the construction job site. I don't see it in many places where, let's just be frank, there's dirty hard work to be done. It only seems to be something that we want to push inside of the comfy towers of corporate America and that's fine but let's be honest about the conversation that we're having you know, a lot of the times it comes up whether it's women minorities whatever have you inside of corporate America inside of finance and I don't think there should be a hurdle for anybody to get into a field that they're truly passionate about. Personally, I didn't know some of the particular fields that I've been, I didn't know they existed as a kid. You know, where I grew up, they didn't really teach all that stuff. And frankly, my guidance counselors were just trying to get me the heck through school without getting suspended again. Um, (laughs) 
that's a long story, but I get it when the system isn't built to help and empower you because I went through that myself. So what am I getting to? I'll give the example of elementary school. How often do you hear we need more men in elementary education? I don't think I've ever heard that in my life. But the people that choose to go to college to become elementary educators, they're making that choice of their own free will. Nobody said that they had to do it. It's not something that they were forced upon. Um, But yet, I had one teacher, George Hochsprung, great guy, in elementary school. I didn't have another male teacher until middle school. But we're not talking about trying to have more men in elementary school education. But the inverse is true in many white-collar jobs. But what if those people who went to college and could have done a finance degree of their own free will and volition decided to do something not in that field. Should we make them do that? You see, we all have mental models. And some fields fit different mental models better than others. An example would be what I did in the Marine Corps. We had every mix of type of person you could imagine that did the job that I did. It required a extremely high cognitive level and the ability to see multiple variables at the same time. There were other people in my Marine Corps units that were great people, but they had different fields. For example, driving trucks. Nothing against driving the truck. I had all the same licenses, ironically, as they did. But it required a different mindset. Doesn't make one person better than the other. Makes them different. And that's perfectly acceptable. So before we start to presume that we need to make a change inside of corporate America and we need to indoctrinate employees, we need to start to look at where do these things originate? See, the dirty secret behind all of this is most of your path is set by the time you're 14 any shift away from that is really on the individual to become aware and make a change. Uh, my buddy Chris Warns had a post up about something relating to 15% of Americans do X related to success. And I had to ask, well, isn't that really just the Pareto principle coming to light? It might be. Now, 
I understand where he's coming from, where we need more people to be, you know, top tier, self-aware and self-empowered. But do the people want it? Is there a demand signal? Because after the last couple years, I'm going to be honest, I think a lot of people are comfortable where they are. I wouldn't be, but it seems like they might be. The way to fix that is to start to teach self-determinism. Start to go back to the founding documents. Start to talk about the thoughts from the Age of Enlightenment. But is that your role as a business owner? It's an interesting question. See, because what I just talked about isn't indoctrinating somebody to a particular political philosophy. It's to open your mind. And if you're, as an employer, as a business owner, starting to empower people to open their minds and see the potential and possibilities, that's another story. Because you're empowering their free will instead of in the example that I'll give from that other corporation breaking people down into their immutable characteristics and assigning them different points I guess you will say for different characteristics and I've seen it where you're not getting the most qualified person who gets promoted to the next role simply because of a quota. Now, that looks good on a ESG score, but is that what you really want for your company? I would argue that if you're making HR decisions based on immutable characteristics, your company isn't going to be successful because you're not bringing people on for the right reasons. And when you don't do it for the right reason, it's inevitably going to fail. Me personally, I don't care about a single immutable characteristic. I care about the person. When I ran my marketing company, I had a receptionist and um, from childhood, she'd had one hand. Now think about the job of a receptionist. You have to be on the phone, and this is before headsets were really cool. You had to be able to type, take notes, data enter. And I hired somebody that had one hand, which I type like a two-year-old on a great day with both hands. She was better with that one than I was with two. She didn't let that having one less hand be an impediment to her. She was a fantastic person as well. And that's why I brought her on the team. I didn't bring her on because she was quote-unquote disabled. I brought her on because I thought she was a value add. The immutable characteristic wasn't a concern. I hire and fire based on personality, talent, 
and capabilities? Do you fit my organizational core values? If you do, we're going to have a ball. If you don't, this isn't the opportunity for you. There's no shame or guilt associated with that. So as we have Labor Day, I'm keeping this a little bit short. Start to think about the people that you want to have work with you. Do you want people that align with your core ethos? You probably do. But do you have them codified? And can you refer back to them at any time? Is your process built around only having people that fulfill the five mindset keys that are supposed to drive your organization? If they don't, we can make that shift within 90 days. It doesn't mean we're going to let people go. It means we're going to help shift mindset. That's way different from some of the other trainings that I'd referred to earlier. That's helping empower somebody to be a part of the team and to uplift them instead of breaking them down into their individual parts and pieces. So I hope you have a fantastic Labor Day. If you want to connect with me, uh, my website growwithdelta.com is up and running. Um, obviously, you can find me on socials, Mike Demo. Pretty easy to find me nowadays. If this episode brought you any value, which I'd imagine it would, especially when we're talking about understanding your core reasons and core values inside of your business, do me a favor and drop a review. You know, matter of fact, if you hated what I just said, drop a review. Doesn't hurt. Uh, the podcast, we're up 42% since the beginning of the summer, so I appreciate all of the engagement that I've received, all the messages that I've received, and keep letting me know ways that I can bring value to you, and I'm happy to add that into the rotation here.